Out of a wasteland. Ruled by fear and death. Appears a young sorceress with undiscovered strength. Girl, no woman can travel the world without a man to defend her. Her only family, brutally murdered by a ruthless warlord. Her thirst for justice, she joins forces with a renegade army of Amazons. Men have nothing to say about what we do. Let's take a look. For control of the wasteland, the Sisterhood. Welcome back to another episode of the Video Store Junkyard Podcast. Now, this is a podcast. Wait, I'm sorry. What? what? The Video Store Junkyard? Am I. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's on this. Am I? That's not. Wait, no. Tonight that is it. Tonight that is it because we are talking about we are deviating <laughs> from our normal format. Uh, normally we are the video store junkies and we talk about movies we love, but I think it's fair to say on this podcast that we love great movies, but we are in love with terrible movies. And so tonight we present you with a uh, a new format, uh, a, a new experiment for this podcast, if you will. Uh, we're going to be talking about a film that may not be quite as good as some of the other ones we've talked about in the past. Tonight, we are going to be talking about 1988's The Sisterhood. Now, why are we talking about this film specifically? Well, it offers, it, let's say this film has a lot to offer, but we're also kind of introducing another new feature on this podcast, which uh, let's, uh, I don't actually know what we're going to call it yet. Let's, let's call it Films of Future Past for the time being. Uh, this is this is a feature where we actually look at films that took place either in the in the future when they were made or and, and it's and it's now past and we kind of talk about you know what did they get right what did they get wrong and why are we talking specifically about the sisterhood well uh, I'm so glad you asked let me let me read the description and maybe it will all become clear to you uh, at home in the year 2021. Women have been enslaved by men, and their only hope for freedom lying in the hands of, of, of a nomadic band of maiden warriors. The maiden warriors Ali and Vera tap Maria on her hawk to help them. Uh, yeah, so this film takes place in the year 2021. And actually, there's a second, uh, there's a second description I'll read. Uh, the year is 2021 AD. Women have been enslaved by a brutal army of men who survived the nuclear holocaust. Their only hope for freedom is in the hands of a nomadic band of fierce she warriors, the Sisterhood. So there you go. Um, this this film takes place in 2021. Uh, if you're keeping track, which uh, some of us probably aren't, but uh, it is 2021 AD. So we felt like it was uh, be appropriate to talk about this film today, this year. Uh, so we're going to go through and we're going to kind of discuss the film. And uh, we are most importantly going to discuss what this film got right and what we think this film got wrong. So and I know what you're saying. 2021 is not even half over. There's still plenty of time for, <laughs> for anything to happen, but uh, we're, we're pretty confident that we can talk about this uh, without the year being all over. So before we jump in, let's just introduce ourselves. And uh, I, don't, I don't really have a good prompt for this one. So uh, let's, let's just go around and kind of talk about uh, how much we love the sisterhood. Let's start with uh, Renee. I knew you were going to do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, hi, I'm Renee, and this movie, um, I guess I'll just mention what I mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, I threw this movie on earlier just to have a little background noise, and it made time stand still. So, <laughs> yeah, it just, it was a very 
a long period of time and it just it felt oh yeah um so how about you paul <laughs> <laughs> yeah th this one was special all right um <laughs> uh watched it. i can't even remember how long ago it was a couple months ago was it that we watched it i don't I know so. it mm. felt like it lasted a couple months i uh, watched it with my wife and we were both like uh yeah this was pretty painful um and so but since it had been a while since we watched it i wanted to kind of get a refresh it before i watched it uh before we talked about it today so tonight so today i um actually i took your advice renee i i went on youtube where there's a version of it in french and i put it on double speed and I played that while I was actually like actually paying attention to doing some work. And so I occasionally pay attention to it. And the movie was much better. Let me tell you, in huh. French, quite at double speed, it's it's surprisingly you know, not as boring, <laughs> yeah. especially yeah. if you're not paying attention to it. So, um, yeah, that's that's how I how I kind of felt about it. Um, let's see. Uh, but uh, how about you, Alan? What's your what's your take on the sisterhood? Well, I paid very close attention to this movie because I was not able to turn on closed captioning. Um, oh. I, they didn't have a closed captioning stream where I watched it, so I had to listen to the dialogue. Um, <laughs> and, well, I made it through it. I got lots of comments. You're here. <laughs> and how about that Beastie Boys closing song there? Oh yeah, yeah I kept waiting for a Beastie. Actually, so actually, the the music. I don't know if we're gonna do like you know an hour on the music because it was so great. But I did, I did think about the music. It did remind me of some of nineteen uh, eighties video games. It sounded like video game music. I, I have a note that it reminded me of Super Mario Brothers. So yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah. <clears throat> what about you, Bill? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so oh, this this movie. So I watched this movie almost exactly a month ago, but I but I, I feel like a day hasn't passed that I haven't <laughs> thought about it, no matter how much alcohol I've consumed. You guys uh, certainly hyped it up enough for me. Oh, oh yeah. They, now usually when Paul hypes up, something, he's like, "Oh, thanks, killing you. Got to watch it. It's the greatest thing ever." Spoiler it alert: It was not the greatest thing ever. And and uh, my wife is like, "Well, we're not ever listening to Paul again." And I'm like, "No." Then why did they I, make a sequel? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and why did the sisterhood not have a sequel? I, I I don't know. I probably probably Lady Cherie, the bird, best actor in the film, you know, didn't they didn't sign her to a long term contract, so it's kind of like Jim Carrey with the mask. I'm like, oh fuck, what the hell? Why didn't we do that? What were we thinking? But you know, so uh this movie, this is this is this is why people say, why do low budget filmmakers always make horror movies? And it's like, because this is what happens when you make a low-budget science fiction movie, unless you have a tremendous amount of talent, which is not on this game card. Uh, or a fantasy. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. And and with whereas with a horror movie, you just turn off the lights and go ooga booga and, you know, horror movie. But there's no way, there's no way to fake this. Um, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic world, but everyone, you know, they, they put some smudge on their face to try to hide the fact that you know everything else about them their skin their hair everything just looks you know absolutely perfect like every day they, they you know soak their head in papaya extract or something to get that luxurious um you know post-apocalyptic looking hair so that's stupid everybody <laughs> all, all the women are, are gorgeous which you know i mean they weren't even gorgeous back in wild west times and that was like 100 years ago when, when things were better than they are here 
Hey, I want to ask you, if in the French version, instead of the mutants going R, 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 do they go ha, ha, ha or something? I mean, what... no, they actually go, well, the crane I was hearing it at double speed, so it was just R, 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 R. It was a lot faster, but it was the same, yeah. <laughs> That's the sound my car made this morning when it wouldn't turn over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this movie reminded me of a much, much better movie, A Boy and His Dog, which was also a post-apocalyptic, super low-budget movie that they did not have the um, money to really pull off but they had a great script by Harlan Ellison and a bunch of really good actors and Moxie. So th it works. And uh, this one has what, Lynn Holly Johnson. Was that, was that her? Yeah. Uh, the one from, uh, um, what was it? Um, yeah. Ice, the the skate ice movie. Yeah. It was um, a ice movie about ice skating. One yeah. One of those. <laughs> I, if, if there's any genre that makes me want to like, open up an artery it had to be ice skating movies uh, she she was also uh in uh for your eyes only so she's probably the one uh the one person on screen here who who had a role in any movie that cost more than like ten thousand dollars so but doesn't she always look like she's trying to remember her lines <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was just part of the character I thought she was hey, trying to remember her know. costume because yeah. she looked like she had just walked off the street <laughs> in 1988 <laughs> like she had like you know she she, she looked like she was wearing fashion from then so you guys know why that that's the case right did somebody look that up surely right no way i know something that you guys don't oh my right. god so she was wearing jeans because the guy that financed the movie was like some big vp for levi's in the philippines <laughs> Oh, really? No one yeah. else saw that. Yeah, that, no, that's no. how this movie got its money. They said it was he used his position as the VP of something at Levi's in the Philippines to to pretty much finance this whole movie, and and that's why she's wearing Levi's. Although I don't think they ever actually showed the logo, but yeah, oh, it's all well, that clear answers now. one of the questions. It, it oh my all god, comes the, the whole movie is makes so much more sense now. <laughs> that answers one of the questions I have, which is, you know, why why are people like they're wearing really well made jeans, like the kind that can only be made in a jean factory, uh, but yeah. but you know at the same time they're like, oh, we've lost, we've forgotten all about technology, like shovels, so we got to dig uh, with sticks. Her her, which the is, jeans is are, you, uh, the jeans are so well made, Bill, that they'll last through the apocalypse. Yeah. And that was probably the whole like overriding theme of the movie. They don't care about anything else. They just want you to know that in 2021, you're going to have some good genes. Your genes are still they're still going to be good, even though they they've survived. Yeah, they've survived the apocalypse and they still look wearable. These people have forgotten what a bullet is. The whole the whole post apocalyptic thing is really uh, dicey because it's like the one side has guns and cars and rocket launchers. And the other side just seems baffled by a spork. Like they, they just have no idea what anything is. And they're, they're trying to fight these road warrior wannabes with, um, with pointy sticks. So they lose. Well, see, I, um, I took it that as a, a, that was a religious choice on their part. So this was a, it was a very much sort of like yeah. an homage kind of thing that they, they had taken a vow to, oh, to only choice. wear, put, only wear bikinis oh, uh, and, uh, yeah. and fight with sticks. I took that vow too. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll put, that's a bad religious choice. That's right up there with uh, we can't eat bacon. Yeah. <laughs> well, now let's let's oh. let's pause for just a moment um, oh. and uh, let's what? pause and and say that we're, we're gonna we're gonna rank we're gonna rank uh, the the elements of this film 
And I think we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll call them accurate, inaccurate. And then maybe there's like a middle column where maybe they got certain things right. So I will say uh-huh. uh, 2021, people are still wearing Levi's jeans. So yes. I'm actually going to give the first one uh, to the movie. I think that's very accurate. We need like a bell sound or something. Ding! Oh, I'll, I'll add something in. There you go. I'll, I'll add I'll add in some uh, some sound effects. We'll we'll add in. Uh, I'll find some some sound effect from the movie for if uh, if it's accurate. If we deem it uh, accurate, and then the I'll edit in the mutant sound if it's inaccurate. So I just I'm sorry. You could put this anywhere you want, but I just need to interject that they had Levi's in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, so, oh my God! There's Sequel? please tell Prequel? me that movie was not inspired by this. I just, I mean. I think we can probably safely say that that was an unofficial prequel yeah, to this movie. Absolutely. Technically set and released before the year 2021. So was there I a assume, falcon in that movie? Uh, I, I've never seen it, but I think Bill has. So maybe he what, what's that? Fal- was there falconry? <laughs> was there falconry in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? I don't believe there was. Um, okay, I don't remember any. It's and, been a while, but I don't remember any falconry. And I think, I think Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants had an actual... Um, music score not music by dave who got a synthesizer for christmas and will not shut up about it uh, i i love that you know because i've always i've always dreamed about having a theremin because it's the instrument that anyone anyone can play but but the sad truth is uh anyone can play it badly it's like it, only you have to you have to be like the guy invented the theremin to make an instrument that literally anyone can play so that everyone could enjoy the ability to make music neglecting the fact that he himself was a genius with perfect pitch and which is what you absolutely need to make a theremin not sound like you're you're a monkey is is trying to find an am station and just it doesn't understand the concept so so i get that you know i always dream there's like i'll get a i'll get a synthesizer because they can play anything and then you get it and it's like you know it it, it it's not even as good as the organ that your grandma got that look if i press this button it makes a flute it's like it sounds nothing like a flute grandma it just sounds like an like an organ but yeah <laughs> now i do have to say uh, i i just want to interject and, and rewind just a little bit my own personal relationship with this film so <laughs> i had not heard of this film before but uh one of the reasons i chose it other than well partly because of set- well, yeah to torture you but uh, so so let's just say there are certain things in life that, uh, you know, I, I, I am I'm all about there are certain there are certain things in life that, uh, you know, I have a great interest in. And I looked at the plot keywords for this movie and it listed all four that my top four interests, all four of them were plot mm. keywords. And I'm going to tell you what those keywords are right now. Okay. Post-apocalypse. Sure. Year year 2021. Very bubble topical. bath. Bubble oh, bath, yeah, yeah, and bare breasts. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> so I saw those four things, and I was like, "Those are little, literally the four things I'm most interested in in life." Uh, this is definitely the movie for me. So, and all of those things do exist in 2021. They, they, so they, they absolutely do. do. I enough, haven't, I haven't taken a bat, uh, a bubble bath this year, but I haven't taken sure a bath. Uh, well, <laughs> no, it's not very far from the truth, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, right. I took a shower last month. Um, oh, oh, so, okay. oh, well, yeah. That, so, that may so, explain so, the lack of breasts in your life. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do want to mention, um, we, we mentioned earlier the guy who uh, who had a, a, a stake in Levi's, and I believe that was actually the director, uh, Sirio H. Ah. Santiago. 
Now, oh, wow, that's a name. What yeah, else has he well, done? So, uh, well, oh, glad you asked. So he's actually he's actually a director from the Philippines. And this is if you didn't know anything about the movie and you just wanted to say, okay, mm-hmm. what what else has this director made? His his filmography pretty much tells you <laughs> that this was going to be an amazing film. Okay, let me tell you why. Right. This director has 100 feature film credits to his name. 100. Ooh. Okay. Starting wow. in 1955 and ending in uh, 2014, which I, I'm i assuming was a posthumous release because he died in 2008. Yeah, he's so just he that made, good. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> that don't just, Damn. They, don't, they don't just let any old person direct 100 movies. You got to be at the top of your game if they're going to let you direct 100 movies. So... <laughs> right there, you know there's going to be quality, and I'll actually say this: this actually is not even the low. This is actually when you when you sort by the IMDb rating on his filmography, this is only number seventy seven. This is not even his lowest rated film. Although I will say he has, uh, much like you know uh, other directors such as Stanley Kubrick, uh, he has a, a wide array of of films that he made. And I, I, I'll, I'll mention at the very bottom, if you sort by uh, the rating at the very bottom, the two lowest rated films on his IMDb filmography are Aladdin, and the, Aladdin and the Adventure of Time. Oh. And then oh. below that is Caged Heat 2, Stripped of Freedom. So... There yeah, you go. That, that movie, that movie really <laughs> besmirched the good name of Caged Heat. Caged Heat. <laughs> So anyways, uh, yeah, so Sirio, Sirio Santiago, uh, director of an even 100 films. and If Alan uh, is right, then this guy was also fabulously wealthy, which means, yes, he could get away with shooting 100 movies. If Elon Musk wants to make a sequel to Easy Rider <laughs> and Aramaic, no one's going to say shit about it. Right, but he must have he must have shot most of his films in like two weeks because, I mean, really, oh. 50 oh, feature two films. Two weeks? Well, oh, no, no, 100 feature films. Too long? Yeah, that's a hundred feature no, films. Saying, yeah, a hundred feature films. So most people, that would be like a hundred years or two hundred years. <laughs> well, he did I will it. say, yeah, look at this movie. Look at this movie. This is the sweeted version of Fury Road. I mean, how long did this thing take to shoot? <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's well, the and thing. there's see, there's another discrepancy. Everywhere you look up, this uh, it says that the running time of this film is seventy five minutes, but because they know you want more, this movie is an hour and a half. I, I don't know what they uh. I don't know what they did. That must have been when the reviewer fell asleep. It's the director's cut. Oh. Well, thank God they put all the nuances back in. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's interesting that you mentioned Fury Road because I actually think this may be more of a, this may be a prequel to Fury Road. This may be the origin of the Volvani. You know, they they ditch the horses and get motorcycles, right? That's how I'm seeing it. All right, that's my new headcanon. So there you that go. Sounds, okay. There you go. Yeah. Well, you're you're talking about his his output, Alan. And let me just point out, this film came out in 1988. Uh, how many films do you think were released in 1988 that were released by Sirio H. Santiago? Seven. I'm gonna have to uh, go with seven? ten. Uh, not ten. Okay, now you guys are just highballing. No, uh, it would be four. Four movies in oh. 1988. That oh, he, was, he was taking it easy. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Well, that follows 1987, where he also released four movies, and uh, then he did three the following year. So yeah, he was a busy man. He's a very busy man. I mean, look, I'll give this movie credit that it has a backstory and it's trying to. It's got a world. It's trying to world building and everything. It's just that the world makes no sense. So from Wikipedia, and I trust it this time, each <laughs> member of the sisterhood has a unique paranormal activity. 
Although they have lost battles to the men's forces in the past, led by Ali, the sisterhood eschews mechanical weapons in favor of their paranormal abilities. See, it's which a clearly, choice. which clearly hasn't worked. They've they have these paranormal <laughs> abilities, and they're losing to these. Let's just say it, idiots who wear these. Okay, so they've got that that warrior thing that's always bothered me in, in these low budget fantasy movies where the guy wears like a CD size piece of metal on his chest as, as some sort of protection. I mean, 90% of his body is exposed, but as long as, as long as his enemy with the sword keeps hitting him in the, the little round thing on his chest, he's okay. Which of course they do when they're not hitting him on the sword. I hate <laughs> movies where sword fights are two people hitting each other's swords, not what swords are for. That's not how no, you no. win a battle. These were magical swords. Cause if you noticed one hit with the sword and you were dead and you didn't move anymore. Yeah, they didn't cut you. They just some blunt force trauma. You dropped. Yeah. And I will well, say, if we, the- ever make, if we ever make another post-apocalyptic movie, I want to be yeah. the guy that's wearing the football pads because there's always a guy wearing those shoulder <laughs> right. pads Sometimes in these movies. spikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he had sunglasses too, so he was really cool. They knew how to make sunglasses, well, but again, pointy sticks. Well, he found the he yeah. found the sunglasses in, in the in the post apocalyptic ruins. There you go with the shoulder hmm. pads. Hmm. Uh, you're talking about the sword. The swords look, you know, they, you know, they're not exactly the most realistic looking swords, but no. at least but at least according to the IMDb IMDb trivia, which of course always we know reliable. how how always reliable. <laughs> one of the actresses accidentally cut off part of the finger of a stuntman with one. So how true that is, I don't I, know. I, I find that I find that hard to believe because warble is not that. I, it wasn't even warble. It looked like paper mache or or foam. <laughs> so what she probably did is she probably got into infected. A rock I don't when know. She was swinging it. Yeah, she got paper a rock cut. when she was swinging it. It fell, and the rock fell. His finger happened to be on another rock, and that rock hit his finger and cut it off. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Not, that sounds like one of those stories they just made up to get people to watch a movie. Oh, I can't wait for the scene where the guy gets his finger cut off. You know. Legit. Speaking of speaking of rocks and powers, <clears throat> excuse me, and powers. Mm. Uh, sorry, I get a little choked up talking about this one. Um, yeah. We do find out pretty early on. We talked. We mentioned Ali, and uh, after they, the movie starts with them getting attacked by a roving gang who apparently uh, didn't get the memo that this is a post-apocalyptic film and not a fantasy film because most of them are dressed as rejects from the Beastmaster. A couple of them are dressed as rejects from Mad Max. So I kind of do appreciate the fact that. Uh, the costume department really just didn't give a shit because uh, they they did not try to be consistent at all. But we do find out that Ali uh, is has a power, and uh, her power is that she shoots lasers out of her eyes, uh, yeah. which can uh, cause a very very uh, minor minor uh, rock slide. So she, I she guess says that's her thing. She can move items with her mind, is what she says. <laughs> but it's like oh. I think it just manifests as lasers shooting out her eyes. Well, they need to have at oh. least a couple of women with the power to not like she's the only one that could free them from those chains. It's like, do I mean I don't know what the other women's powers were, but they weren't very none good. of them could get out of anything and it didn't one stop of them was them all one of them could do card tricks. That was about it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the, the word power is, is pretty generously applied here. Well, there was that one woman whose power was that she could take her shirt off. And that was <laughs> I think cool. a lot of them had that power. Awesome power. Yeah. <laughs> but and, I, and I think it, back to it, the laser eyes. men, stuns them into silence when she does it, which is actually another thing that's accurate for 2021. Yeah. 
So I, I was going to say the laser eyes. I think the laser eyes are accurate for 2021. We do have laser eye surgery. So I, oh. Ooh, I think that should go in the win column there. Uh, See, I don't think she uses it enough. I wouldn't be swinging the sword and, you know, I'm yes. just find the guy. If I, I, I said this the other day. If Maybe it was for a different podcast. I can't keep him straight anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I pointed out that in too many movies, when, when people have laser guns, they just like go pew, pew, pew and shoot like, Little dot when you could just, oh, sweep, yeah. just that, that was in this podcast. Because I remember Renee There's thought it was Kano. funny, and everyone else is like, and then everyone else is like trying to mansplain to me. It's like, well, you know, actually, it's, a, it's just a pulse race. That was me. Paul, what have we told you about mansplaining to Bill? Come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah stop really mansplaining me. I thought it was a great but, idea. Right? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I just want to say that laser eye effect is the best laser eye effect since Paul Stanley and Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Yeah. <laughs> I think she has to recharge. Indeed. It takes her a while to recharge the laser eyes. That's why she just doesn't use them all the time. Yeah, well, she, she gets stick one, a one laser in her ass and plug it. <laughs> That's a different movie, Bill. Mm. <laughs> I am not impressed with their powers. I'm not impressed with the you know so they have to they've got these powers so they have to explain why are they constantly getting their ass kicked and everything it's probably because they you know they they have these rules that they have to follow and they, they keep talking about stuff it's like yeah uh you know we don't have to we don't listen to what men men say we live our own lives but then they're they're in dynamite willies and apparently what well, we're not allowed to fight inside a, a building because <laughs> what i don't what I don't get it. I don't understand the rules. Yeah. I think the rules are that we can't show... carry weapons into places. That was the rule. We can't carry weapons oh, into right. a place yes. called Dynamite Willie. <laughs> well, I would carry do, a weapon. They do Quakers say they, would take weapons into Dynamite Willies. I believe there's I believe there is a line there where she's like, uh, yeah, we can't bring weapons in there. Uh, but then there's like uh, one of them says something like, but the, the rules don't say anything about us using our powers. Oh, but I don't think they actually use their powers. And I'm guessing well, no, they don't. No, use, I'm guessing they don't use their powers very often in this film because it probably costs them like a hundred dollars per shot to do the special <laughs> effects, so they can only afford like two special effects uh, shots. You, you, you got to get someone who can scratch the emulsion every you know, twenty-four <laughs> frames a second. Yeah, Dang. or they could just reuse yeah. the same shot over and over again. That would have worked. Oh, hey, God. Battlestar Galactica did that forever, so yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I would have I would have loved to see the girl and Hawk in the bar. I don't know what he would have done, like pecked everybody's eyes out or something. But <laughs> yeah, the only power I was really impressed with. Well, there's only three powers that I know of. You know, they yeah. all had powers, but we only saw through the laser yeah. eyes were great. The girl that could heal was great, but you know, it doesn't really help you. You know, with the you know when you're trying to kill somebody, it only helps you afterwards. And then you know, the girl with the Hawk that. You know, it flies off and comes back, and she makes up that it said something to her. I'm not really sure that's a power. I think she's just saying, you know, oh, she's just delusional. She's in there. That was what it told her one time. Yeah, you knew she was in there. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I wanted that hawk. Kill them. Kill them all. That would be be my power. I just carry around a bunch of cats with me, and I'd like let the cats run off, and then they'd come back and like, "What's that, Mister Whiskers? Uh, Oh, really? Oh, okay. Mister Whiskers says you got to give me all your money, or something bad is going to happen." Yep. Yep. Well, let's talk about uh, yeah the the woman who has the ability to heal. 
as long as it's apparently like a very minor, uh, small scratch on your face. Yeah, is, uh, Vera. Yeah. yeah, back teen girl. Uh, it, uh, the character's name is Vera, played by Barbara Hooper in this oh, film. God. Now, here's here's an interesting here's an interesting Uh-oh. little uh, little <laughs> rabbit hole of of trivia I want to go down. Um, looked at looked at uh, Barbara Hooper's uh, IMDb, and she's actually played a lot of interest- porn. Uh, no, no, she hasn't done any oh, porn. Okay. Actually, she's oh, uh. played. She's played. Um, it's kind of interesting. She actually played Robert Patrick's wife twice. In uh, she played her him uh, his wife in the X Files and in the film Zero Tolerance. And uh, apparently, she also plays his wife in real life because they have been married say. since 1990. Yeah. Oh. But if you go to her IMD page, IMDb page, it's like you know. Now, what movie am I going to put up? Is you know what defines me. Guess what it is? The sisterhood. It's probably the sisterhood. Because I don't think oh. she did a lot of movies. I will say though, I will say though, Robert Patrick's first film, Equalizer 2000 in 1987, mm. directed by none other than Serial H Santiago. And wow. they also mm. they also both appeared together in 1987's Behind Enemy Lines, also directed by Serial H Santiago. So well, obviously <laughs> what? Uh, I, I actually looked. No, I actually looked at that up because I was like, "Oh my god!" If they met on the set of that film, but I apparently they had uh, they had known each other for a couple of years at that point. So, yeah, that would have been a great story though. But uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, it looks uh, like is, she's she, been she, she out of game for a while. Yeah, no, she she's she is now uh, Barbara Pratt, uh, Patrick, and I think yeah, she's been uh, retired from acting for uh, for some time. But these are the people's names that we need to keep on a list when we need somebody in one of our films. For the right price, can we put the, Can we make a can we put make a movie and put the, put on the poster something like you know from the people who brought you you know from the actress who brought you the sisterhood, and just say, yes. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if this and one we could probably quite, like get her for a day for like a hundred bucks. I don't know if this one is quite uh, that that much of a, a cult classic, but uh, it's worth a shot. Maybe maybe this podcast will revitalize it and people will go start watching it. There you are. Oh, and, and we also don't want to confuse people. In case you have watched the 1989 release from the Philippines, it was called Caged Women. So, you're, yeah, you might want to watch that version. Maybe that maybe maybe that's what I watched, and maybe that's why it's 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. Wait, this, this movie was called Caged Women? Yeah, I guess it didn't do well enough with the title that they had in 88. So in 89, they released it in the Philippines and called it Caged Women. Oh, that's really insulting, because hardly any of the women are in cages in this mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably well. That's yeah, that's true. There's only one cage with three women. That was probably mm. because three women, one cage. Because but. people, when people wanted, when people went to see a Serio H Santiago film, they wanted to see cages. Since he had already directed uh, cage, or he he would go on to direct Caged Heat too, but he had already directed uh, Caged Fury, and I believe there was another one that I'm not finding now. But uh, but yeah, apparently a lot of his films involved uh women in cages so yeah Yeah, well they probably you know caged heat 2 was you know that was probably original title something like you know the sisters or you know (laughs) man with two hands something like that something that nobody would watch so that you know caged heat 2 i bet he caught a lot of shit for all his caged women movies so one day he just said to himself that's it I'm going to make a movie about a bunch of powerful women with superpowers who take on men, and they usually end up in cages anyway. But, you know, the point is, <laughs> girl power. Oh, oh my he God. Done like, like, he did Firecracker, and that's a, you know, 
and uh, and oh. and TNT Jackson, which are both about very powerful oh, he... women, martial artists. So there you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, right. They. Yep, you're speechless, yeah. huh? TNT Jack, I forgot all about TNT Jackson. Yeah, TNT who's Jackson it? and Fire. Who's in that? Who's who's in TNT Jackson? I'd have actually looked it up. Uh, somebody. Yes. Anderson. Someone good. Well, I will also mention. Uh, speaking of the 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 talent in this film, and I use that term very loosely, nah. but uh, uh, Chuck Wagner as McCall, kind of the the main the leading man. Um, uh, I thought I was looking awful. at his. He's. <laughs> He's great, but I was, it's kind of funny though. I was looking at his IMDb and two years before this movie, he started in a film called America 3000. And the plot of that film is in a post-apocalyptic wasteland where a tribe of women rule and all men are either ferals or slaves. One man rises up to free the men. Can they coexist in peace or will they die in war? Uh, So Chuck Wagner uh, kind of, kind of, uh, kind of did both sides of the coin here. He did. He did a movie where the the men the men rule and the women are in cages, and he did a movie where the the women rule and the the men are in cages. So, but well, do we have to wait nine hundred and eighty years before we review that one? Um, uh, I don't know if it actually takes place in the year three thousand, but uh, oh, okay, but yeah, I think so. Okay, I'll, do, I'll men really, do men really rule in this movie? Because you know, the opening scene is you know old Chuck and a bunch of guys get their <laughs> butts kicked, and that's true. And then he's like keep, keeps on for the rest of the he keeps uh, you know. When I find them, vengeance will be mine. He's like, I really want to find them. It's like you did find them. They they totally beat you to a pulp, and and now you're acting. You know, it's like uh, last time they took us by surprise, which is completely untrue. They were the ones who jumped up. They sprang <laughs> the surprise on them. And he's like, well, okay. The point is, there was surprise there, but but now they know we're coming, so it'll be different this time. It's like, hmm, I'm not sure how that's how tactics actually work, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, I I also love the the world building in this movie because um, after after they de- they get defeated and the the women ride off, um, he mentions like, oh, it's a sisterhood, and one of the men has the line, "The sisterhood, it can't be. They were all captured or killed at the Battle of Twelve Trees." Yeah, which is the lamest name for a battle in the history of battles. Yeah, but but you can see why they lost because a lot of their tactic is to hide behind trees and use their powers. And mm-hmm. there were only twelve trees. <laughs> Once again, in battle, choosing your terrain is very, very important. And and you know, you as, as Sun Tzu said, you know, you can win the battle before the battle. And uh, fighting with twelve trees was a huge mistake. Speaking of mistakes, who hired the cinematographer? You know, there's something that if you ever have a camera, you learn real fast that if you shoot people with the sun behind them. It looks good to your eyes, but to the camera, they look like a silhouette, uh, a blown out silhouette, and you can't see anything. And that, that's constant in this movie that they they're they're shooting with the sun in the wrong place, and so it's, they shot it on film, and they didn't know till they got to the editing room, and they they just hadn't sold enough Levi's to go reshoot those scenes. Oh yeah, <laughs> just, just see, I was thinking it was a stylistic choice. choice. It was a stylistic choice. Oh no, I think well, I think that, that's, okay. The same <laughs> not, stylistic choice. Bill talking about that was not stylistic. That was just like just bad uh, <laughs> uh, We're losing light. We're losing light. Okay, we'll stand in front of the sun. That's light. And uh, the other, the other person who should have been like horsewhipped, the sound person. Now, okay, sound, sound is a pain in the ass. I mean, there's a reason why boom mics always show up and things. But this is one of those movies where the, they're filming a scene. And then when they cut to a close-up, suddenly you know you're, you're being blasted away because it's way louder. 
because the microphone's closer to them. And it's like, that's in, in post, you're supposed to fix that or something. Uh, hey, I had no idea. So every single, when they're walking on gravel, it sounds like I'm chewing grape nuts. It's the, there's just, it's <laughs> awful, awful. So subpar, like they ran out of money and this, this has got to, this has got to go into the drive-in next Friday. So they, they just took it right out, cut it. The prints were still wet when they were sending them through the, through the projector. Yeah, I did look for the budget on this one, but I couldn't find it. Did anybody see what the budget was? <laughs> or did they keep it under wraps? Uh, I think the, the most expensive thing in the movie was having to pay whoever owned that bird. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it could have been. Seriously. Hey, if you want to get in the movies, find some semi-exotic animal that's interesting. Train it. And then just rent it out. And, and the world is your oyster. Because, like... I've got a great idea for a movie that needs a raven, all right? But you can't fake. I thought raven. you were gonna say cat. Oh uh, no, I've, I've given. I've got a great idea for a movie with a cat, but I, I know that I, I would have to shoot like seventy hours of film to make this ten-minute movie, and, and before it was over, I would have lost my sanity and just like ditched the whole idea. So no, but a, but a, you can train ravens. You can actually train ravens to do things. They're really smart, and, uh, and not as diva-like as cats. And so I was looking around. I was like, what does a train raven cost per day? More than I'm willing to spend for this idea. So, yeah. Wow. But if you know any friends, if anyone out there knows someone who has a train raven and would like to be in a swell movie. Well, if know, I see I'll... a raven, I'll try to befriend it. Yeah, and try to train yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, now, yeah. I, I will mention on the on the topic of the cinematography, I think I know why he was working with the cinematographer that he was which is I think he found the one cinematographer that could actually work uh, as fast as he wanted him to. So the, the, the cinematographer on this movie was Ricardo Ramias, who has 90 credits, and almost all of them are films that were directed by Sirio H. Santiago. So, so I think he found the one guy that he could like actually make four movies in a year with him, and you're like, okay, you're my cinematographer now. There you go. So drinking buddies. <laughs> this, the totally. cinematography, I really, I, I mean, with a movie like this, I'm not really sure what you could have done with the cinematography. I, I do think that one, the one scene that you're talking about where you, they were like shooting into the sun, I thought he actually was probably saying, oh, there's the sun. This will probably look really cool on film. And it didn't. But I mean, the rest of it, it's like, I mean, you're in a cave and a bunch of rocks. I mean, what are you going to shoot? I, I don't know. Yeah, they walk into that cave and it's like, I wonder what's in this cave. And and the answer is there's a light in the cave. There's a big bright light in the cave. And and why? Why is there a light there? Why can we see anything in this cave? Why can we see these mutants? Why are they mutants? What do they eat? Why do they just say R R R? Are they I just thought they were really weird people. Are they mutants? Let's 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 Call back up just a little bit. If if we want to talk about the mutants, I want to point out the 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 whole reason that the mutants are in the movie is uh, at one point, the, the two women are trying to, uh, I, I believe they're trying to capture, uh, rescue their friend. And uh, they are they're riding along in the, the gravel uh, quarry that 90% of this film was shot in. Yeah. And then uh, they stop and they're trying to figure out what to do. And they, the line, I, I wrote down the line, uh, the, the line is, we'll cut through the forbidden zone, but be careful, that's, uh, that's where the things live. Now, if 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 you're gonna find a shortcut, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna say maybe the forbidden zone is not the place that you decide to cut through. No, it's forbidden. It's forbidden. There's a reason that it's called the forbidden zone. 
and that's because it's full of mutants. And yes, that's that's I believe that's what they are, full of mutants. Uh, uh, I, think, Paul, I you, think that's what clearly they had never watched the, what the uh, beneath the plan of the apes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul, do you want to talk about the mutants a little bit because I think this was arguably your favorite part of the entire movie. Well, I think we already covered it. It was it was <laughs> perfect. <laughs> occasionally, my wife will still turn to me. Occasionally, my wife will turn to me and just go. Arr, 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 arr. Was it before or after she saw the sisterhood, though? Well, it was after, but at least I'm hoping to reference the <laughs> yeah. movie. I'm yeah. sure. the, 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 makeup, the makeup was great. I mean, it was like, what? okay, everybody put on a hood, and, and, and Bill Mulligan, he's got this gel, and he's going to slap some on your face so that maybe it'll look like skin is hanging off of you. And we're going to do that to all of you because we, that's all we've got. And that's what the mutants were. That they is had a pretty like, accurate just, assessment of my technique. So, but I, I mean, it's, it, it looked like because I remember, you know, I mean, you remember years ago when you, you know we, we got to make forty zombies in ten minutes. Right. You know, how do you do it? And, you know, you well, just what, start slapping stuff on them. But that's it. That looked like no, what they it, did. They just slapped some gel on their face. You find, you find, and this is a judgment call. You find what are like the ten most intelligent looking of your extras, and you you slap the makeup on them. Then you give them a popsicle stick and some gelatin and say, okay, now you start doing it to other people. And, and ah. it goes on from there because I am but one man, but we can have an army of, of, of brand new, right off the spanking, right off the shelf makeup artists to do it that way. Um, my favorite part of the mutant thing was, yeah, they just go, er, er, er. And then one of them gets like punched. And I swear he just went, oh, 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 which was pretty good. This and I assume the mutants were going to kill them, right? That's what they wanted to do, like kill them or eat oh, them. or. Oh, well, we hope so. There's only oh, like three options. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> None of them are good. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Know. How do you make more mutants? Because there were no women, right? They were all men mutants. I couldn't, uh, tell. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I wasn't let's looking. Not, I wasn't let's gonna... not potentially misgender these mutants here. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. They are mutants. What's going on under the hood? Yeah, they're mutants. They might be both. Maybe, maybe they're hermaphrodites. Who the hell I mean, knows? maybe they could. Yeah, maybe they didn't need to. I don't know. Hey, um, huh? there's <laughs> just saying. You know, maybe they didn't need a partner to uh, procreate if they're mutants. Yeah, like those worms, right? Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. one of those movies you could tell. Like, in, anytime there's a crowd scene. And this is this might be because maybe the extras were you know didn't speak Filipino or anything, but the the direction was real loose. Like they were like, okay, uh, we're in this bar and uh, you guys laugh a lot, you know, and they do. They laugh. They laugh at everything. They laugh at nothing. It's just a lot. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll say something which is not remotely funny, but it's the funniest damn thing they've ever heard, and they'll laugh laugh some more. And that, that's usually the mark of a really bad low budget movie when all the extras are doing the same thing the extras like looking at what the other extras doing and they just do that and it's it's like you know okay. oh this well, movie this movie i also i love the scene where they go in so they're running away from the mutants and they go into the cave and uh there's this exchange when they go into the cave and it's it's lit by green light we're lucky the light's only from the plants but the, that's green light. That means it's radiation, right? No, it would only be radiation if it were coming from the rocks. <laughs> now, Bill, you're a science teacher. Um, I, can you break, I can you break down I, for us the accuracy of that statement? Oh, there's so much wrong with it. In um, point of fact, if you're in a cave that's glowing green, you need to get out of the cave. <laughs> Hold your breath if possible. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, only the rock. Uh, no, no. But, you know, nice try. 
Um, why do you think the mutants are mutants? Where do they live? Oh, that's right. They live in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The old radium mine. Yeah. Yeah. And and then they that's where they find the tank that it, it's been there for yeah. how many years? The uh, APC that's been there for at least 30 years and is in perfect working condition. Well, and all the computer <laughs> equipment, doesn't it kick in when they oh, walk yeah. in there too? And they're like, bloop, 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 bloop. yeah, it's like intruder, yeah. intruder alert. And well, the computers just, are still on. It's just very and those well. Computers I mean, computers were accurate too. They look just like computers do today. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm in IT. Yeah. Definitely, I can verify <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, so that you know what it is. They had real. Okay. As a systems administrator, just a sysadmin. Sure. Your your role is to make sure those machines run when you're when you're not. Basically, the the better they run, the less work you have to do. So they had a really good sysadmin for that system. So therefore, it was running just perfectly fine, even though the sysadmin had been died and turned to dust decades ago. It's just it's the right. mark of an excellent sysadmin. I'm just so it's, yeah, it's 30 years old. It's still better than Windows Vista. <laughs> yeah, obviously they were running a Linux operating system, and it was still running that day. Damn straight, damn straight. Now, yeah. how do how do we feel about the Forbidden Zone and the mutants? Uh, do we rate this as accurate to 2021, or do we think that they missed the mark on this one? Uh, uh, I think I've seen plenty. Well, of there are around. some forbidden zones. There are. There I've are seen some there. mutants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the same place. Mm-hmm. I've never been to the Philippines, <laughs> so I cannot answer this question. Oh no this this takes place in the U.S. This oh, movie yeah. takes place in the U.S. Oh, does because, it? Oh, because when they, when they go into the cave, they they uh, she's she looks at the map of the U.S. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is where the kingdoms are today. And uh, back in the before times, this was called the United States. Well, see, then oh, I yeah, think no, this correlates to like... Uh, do not keep tanks in caves. That's an American thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, so I think that this... Um, I would say this is accurate. I think it correlates oh, to like boy. Area 51. Area right. 51 has all of these things. Well, and, and like I said, as a sysadmin, I, I, I will vouch yeah. for the, the accuracy of the, the computers, yeah. All right. Uh, what about... So that's the where they... Zone, they that's where they... They find the rifles and they don't know what yes. they are. Yes. They look nothing like the rocket launchers that we saw earlier. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the, the rocket launchers have much bigger projectiles. Well, no, no, all, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, there are a bunch of men with guns in this movie that are shooting. Well, at them no, yeah, that's the, the thing. Film. After they found right. the guns right. that they didn't know what they were, then all of a sudden, all the people that they fought had guns, and it was like, well, you don't know what they are, but now everybody has them, and they didn't in the first half of the movie, which could have, you know, they could have just killed off everybody, but. And when they got to that place, what was it called? I, I kept thinking it was Calcutta, but it was like Calcara. Yeah, when they were on like the way there, the, the men had guns, and nobody had had guns up until that point because they had found, you know, the women had found the guns and didn't know what they are, but we could probably use these things, whatever they are. But then other people had guns, and they knew how to use them very well for never seeing them. Well, it's because the people in Calcara had found a different stash of guns, and so they had them all along. We just weren't there yes. yet, see? Did you yeah. see when she opened the user's manual for the guns? She's like, I don't know how to use these, but we'll figure it out. And they had a book. Now, yeah. I don't know what it would have been. I think it was the user's manual for the guns. No, it was because she's like, oh, if, I mean, we don't, if we don't know how to use them, this will tell us. Oh, no. Point yeah, the other end. Yeah, that's <laughs> You know what? If, if I found like an alien laser pistol or something, I think I'd figure it out real fast. I mean, you know, it's. Well, you'd either figure it out or probably kill yourself. So one or oh, the other. That, yeah, well, yeah. The other light, thing light is they figured out. <laughs> they they figured the out the, the yeah the, the tank or the yeah. war machine. They figured that out pretty quick. 
Yeah. The one thing I loved about that scene was um uh I forget what the um the, the blonde lady. I, I I don't remember their real names, but anyway, there's, there's I, only one. I thought there were. <laughs> well, the, the main character, the, the bird lady, bird lady. Oh, okay, one, bird. Um, not the one who forgets that she's telekinetic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're talking about you're talking about um uh, Maria, I think. Yeah, well, she was the one that was like manning the guns, and I don't, I don't know if she was acting or if they told her to pull down some really hard to pull lever every time we tell you to. But every time she shot from the war machine, it looked like she was doing something that required great strength. Did nobody else notice that? I mean, it was like ten <laughs> times. Oh, you know, just she, she had to put so much effort into firing that bullet. It was like she had to press a really hard to press button. It's because it had been sitting in the cave for so long that it had rusted a little bit. I guess it wasn't yeah, as well cared for as the other machine. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't looped up. What was the What was the note that you had, Paul? Yeah, so I, like I said, I told the guy. I told you guys before the <laughs> before we recorded this. I was I was making voice notes, and it sometimes they're not quite accurate. And at least I think this one isn't. <laughs> and it said, uh, "Where? Let me find this real quick." Um, I have a note that says the feel of lubricant. The side of nuts, and yeah. I, I have no idea <laughs> what right. that was supposed to be, unless that was something I was thinking about the movie. That is true, you know. <laughs> well, there was probably a mutant that was lubricating the tank. That's why it's still red. I bet there oh, was some true. mutant that loved that tank that he, he yeah. had a name for it. Call it Betsy. Every weekend, he would like take the engine apart and oil up everything, and then put it back together. He polished the surface. I mean, he took real care of this thing. And then these two bimbos show up and just like <laughs> take and feel it. Now, yeah. normally Zach can tell us the make and the model of the car or whatever that's underneath there and how they made it. So, um, oh man, uh, you I, know, I was looking I, forward to that. I don't think I can do it for this one. <laughs> It Usually, looked to me like it was some kind of a truck that they just like, you know, draped something over. I guess they built a little something and draped it over it. But I don't know. They they looked pretty good. I mean, I, I, I'll give it to them. If I had to pick one thing, you know, in this movie that, you know, it seems like they spent the most time on, you know, other than the makeup for the mutants, it would be those, um, the war machine that they made. Well, there wasn't there a war machine earlier. The guy's like, it's my war wagon. They make this whole big deal about it. And then. I think like, whatever was, happened. I think that was just like a pickup truck or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was some yeah. shitty little pickup, but like <laughs> whatever it came. I mean, there's like this whole big discussion and standoff, wasn't there? Or am I just imagining this? I don't know. It's well, I, I you're talking like... about you're talking about where they're trying to rescue Vera, and their idea of rescuing Vera is just lobbing mortar shells into the camp where she's being held. <laughs> sure, yeah. well, if you hit, you hit her one, it'll blow her clear of the camp. She's free. Well, <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, she could have healed herself. <laughs> By the by the way, by the way, the the uh the the APC that they have is a Cadillac Gauge Commando V150. So, Ooh, yeah. Oh, and that is courtesy of the internet, the internet movie cars database which has such a meticulous cataloging of uh cars on film that it actually catalogs a lot of the vehicles from the sisterhood. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. Um, yeah, so am I. Um <laughs> <laughs> I do love the scene. I do love the scene where they're going to uh yeah, who is what's her name? Um man, I uh is it Vera, I think, who gets kidnapped? Um Yeah. Sure, I'll buy that. And then and then yeah. <laughs> and then they're they're going so they see so yeah, they go to the camp to rescue her 
And uh, hold on, I wrote down. Uh, oh yeah, so so this was the note I took for this scene. Uh, the women attempt to rescue their kidnapped friend. Too well guarded, at least for now. Will try to tomorrow, just before dawn. Proceed to attack in broad daylight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, so Thanks. they. They, they, they get to the camp under the guise of pitch black and they're like, oh no, we can't attack now. We have to wait until it's broad daylight. And then surprise, they don't succeed in uh, rescuing her. And like, and oh, the, also the, this is the scene where um, uh, I think it's uh, the, oh God, what's, what's her name? Uh, Maria, uh, who has the, the bow and arrow or she has the bow that she's carrying throughout a lot well, of the she movie. She swings like a club, like well, well that like too. Yeah, that too. But this scene, she is uh, she's lighting her her arrows on fire and firing them into the camp. And mm. they're they're like they, they, her, she'll she'll fire an arrow. It will hit a tent, and then the tent will explode. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. It's a good scene. Right. It's a good action scene. So in the future, uh, and by the future, Things I explode. mean I guess this year. Uh, yeah, pretty everything is pretty explosive. Yeah, which I think is accurate. I mean, I feel like I feel like uh, last time I fired a flaming arrow into something and exploded. So yeah, what was that car? What was that car that kept exploding? Um, the Pinto. Yeah, Pinto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think Great you had design. to fire an arrow into it though. I just I think you just had to drive it for more than twenty minutes. That's, but if that's you did my, fire that's one an arrow into favorite into cars, the the Pinto that exploded, but also followed by a car that they called the Gremlin. I, oh I yeah. The marketing whiz who came up with that idea, and then the uh, the the Chevy Nova, and and in Spanish Nova means does not go, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, that's you know why are the sales so bad? But I digress. Yeah. Also, well, Coca Cola Coca Cola means bite the wax tadpole in Mandarin Chinese. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it's a great story, and probably I choose not. to believe it. Yeah, yeah. probably not. But. I also love the fact that she yeah in this film she's she's also she shoots a. A flaming arrow into a what looks like a, a brand new army jeep and the jeep explodes so as they do as they do yeah yeah i want you wonder why flaming arrows are not still part of uh the military and the well, answer maybe. is that apparently they have never been part of the military people people have gone back and tried to research <laughs> the whole thing of flaming arrows and it turns out they don't work They've apparently never really been used, but in every movie that I watch that takes place any, you know, any more in the past than last week, everyone has flaming arrows. I mean, if you're going to have arrows, you might as well make them flaming arrows, because then when the arrow hits the guy, the flame is immediately put out. It makes no sense. Just no sense. But uh, I, <laughs> well, I, I unless, you, unless you have the arrow rigged to explode like she did. Yeah. She's like Hawkeye. Come on. She's like, she could have oh. been in a well, You're supposed to shoot flaming arrows at like straw huts. Because it sets them on fire. Yeah, which, if you're if you're attacking a village of straw huts, if you're if you're attacking the village of straw huts, you're the bad guy. You're <laughs> obviously yeah. the bad guy. There, there's there is no culture on earth that was a conquering culture that lived in straw huts. These are peaceful, uh, you know, agriculture people trying to make yeah, like Gilligan's Island. Yeah, straw <laughs> huts. Wow, we really took out those vegetarians. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> this technique works for her. Yeah. See, we're well, arguing. Well, you know, why was she doing it? Because it worked. Those things blew up the second she hit him. Why didn't so, they just um, make that her power, though? Instead of the uh, laser eyes, why didn't they just say that she's really good with a bow and arrow? Did Wikipedia not exactly say that they eschewed uh, technology? But apparently, uh, at a certain point, they're like, "Well, this is really dumb. They're shooting us with guns, so let's go get a tank." I mean, when they <laughs> when they decide to stop the shooing, they uh, they yeah, they really get serious about it. Which is maybe it was Rumspringer. 
she keeps oh, yeah. forgetting that she has telekinesis. <laughs> it, was the, the, it was yeah. Rumspringer. It was the sisterhood yeah. Rumspringer. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they can use technology. So let's go that. get oh. let's go get drunk and uh, we'll use neutron bombs now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a microwave weapon. We got a brown noise that'll make you shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, geez, I don't, I don't know what else to say about this movie. Um, what, what else, uh, Renee? Did you have anything else? Oh boy, um, I just, I remember one scene when they rolled up with that truck, and some guy was like, "What is that?" He's like, "I don't know. It's some sort of war tank." He's like, "I mean, it looks cool, but it's just a war tank." Like it was something oh, yeah. that it's like, tank. "Oh geez." And then they like blew it up and you could just tell it was just the frame. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just a war tank. I got a pickup truck. Yeah. He's like, it's all right. But I mean, you know. Oh. What does it run on? Gasoline. Where do you get the gasoline from? The refinery? Is this really the post-apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I have I have actually a question about the whole you yeah. know climax, the ending. If the if the mm. freaking like what, yeah, she Reverend, was she Reverend Mother? What was she called? The the Lady the, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, Lady Jesus. Yeah, apparently she was God. Well, yeah, yeah she just pops in and, and and frees them and and just teleports them out of there. Why the fuck didn't she do that earlier? <laughs> oh. that you know, she also tells them, "You don't need your weapons. Lay down your weapons and use your powers." It's like, oh my, we never thought of that. So then they <laughs> lay down their weapons. The two of them that have weapons. And none of them use their powers. She like blinds the people with a light and they run out. Yeah. Well, are you the guy who like watches Wizard of Oz and it's like, why the hell didn't Glinda just tell her to click those shoes at the very beginning? Because then oh. there'd be no story, no story arc. She wouldn't have learned her lesson that there's no, she would have been no better off than she was in the beginning. You know, give a man a fire yes, and he's warm for a while. Set a man on fire. He's he's hot for the rest of his life. I mean, you know, you've got to no, learn. But at these least lessons. in the Wizard of Oz, true, so at, least she, Dorothy, got at least Dorothy clicked her heels together. I mean, this would be the equivalent of Glinda saying, "All you do is click your heels together," and then Glinda takes some other shoes and whacks them together, and Dorothy goes home because she said, "All you guys have to do lay your weapons down and use your powers." So they they drop their bow and whatever the other girl had, and then the the the. What did they call her mother? Uh, mother something. Um, just like blinded all the people, and somehow that let them get out. They, so they, they didn't use any powers. I thought she so teleported. I was shooting those things out of my eyes constantly. Out of yeah. right. Again, yeah. So basically, a, Mother Superior limited. dropped the gun, and uh, okay. So yeah, that that, that doesn't make the question of why was she letting all these women like rot in this jail cell if she could uh, if she could have just teleported them out. So, like Bill said, so they could learn their lesson. They could learn their lesson. Yeah. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they what didn't worship lesson? her enough and properly, or maybe maybe she got off on it. You know. Oh, use your powers before no. you get captured. <laughs> That's the lesson. Use your power before you get captured. Well, clearly, <laughs> they had forgotten the rules of the sisterhood, which is that you're supposed to use your powers and not do anything with technology. Now, suddenly, they're showing up with tanks. So they've clearly strayed off the path. They need to be taught a darn good lesson that they won't soon forget. And you know, use your dang powers. You're telekinetic. You're telekinetic. You could have picked these people up and dropped them. Why did the bad guy get away with everything, though? I mean, okay, this guy killed that little boy in the beginning. I, you know, I know my rules of of movies. When you kill a little kid, you must pay. And and he sort of felt That's bad it. about it until he went to. And then he said, "Oh well, off to 
Dynamite Willies. Um, <laughs> the, the sister, the, the sisterhood, they don't like to kill people, but they will shoot you, but they don't like to kill main characters. Only, only the, ex, no, yeah, the yeah. extras, yeah. Right. Oh, which, by the way, I did look, I, I looked deeper down into some of the, uh, you know, some of the, uh, what do they call them, keywords and, you know, bubble bath and bare breath, uh, whatever, bare breasts. Um, there was one, child murder, that I enjoyed. Oh. <laughs> that you enjoyed. If you click on that. <laughs> it was kind of annoying, but. If you click on that keyword, yeah. I guarantee you go on a list. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of keywords, I do want to mention one other thing. I was actually very surprised since the, uh, the like, I think the top keyword on, if you go to the main IMDb page, is uh, bare breasts. I was actually very surprised there is not a lot of nudity in this film. There's in fact, not. There are only a couple of shots of nudity, but uh, I do think that, I mean, you know, gratuitous nudity often refers to nudity, you know, there just being a great quantity of nudity. But I love the gratuity of the one shot in, coincidentally, the bubble bath where they're getting yeah. out and the camera very clearly is just like positioned right at the woman's chest so that when she like stands up and turns around. That's all. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, the thing is, though, we, we both, my wife and I are both like, those aren't her breasts. It was very clearly also an insert shot. Like this is not <laughs> yeah. the kind of movie. This is not the kind of movie you would think that we're like. Well, we should have a body double for this. But I'm yeah. pretty sure that was that. And there was like the one woman also being attacked. It was like okay, this is this is clearly like a body double, which is like wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. I didn't expect well, anybody on this this this. Uh, I this think what shoot happened, have that I, kind of clout to get that done. I think that first scene with nudity, I think they thought this is the only scene we're going to have nudity in. So we're going to do this because it was, it was a very weird shot. It was like, we're going to get this nudity in here, <laughs> yeah. whether you like it or not. But then later they found some extras that were willing to be, you know, chained up with their shirt open for some weird reason. And so they, they got more of it, but that was like the safety shot. It's like, we're going to get our, <laughs> oh. nudity they, sure they got at least one boob shot in there. Because we might not get any more, but then they did. So they're like, ah, leave it in. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can see that. I can honestly see that in this film. Yeah. There wasn't that much planning. Now, there, were, we um, there were two quotes I remembered from this movie. Um, oh, boy. The first was when it was, I mean, it's so weird because this, like Bill said, this, it's, this is set up so much like, you know, this is going to be like a, a a a strong woman movie. Like you know, women are going to conquer the earth or whatever. But and and that's what I thought when when um the the blonde she said I forget what it was. Somebody said you know why don't you leave? And she's like, what? You can't. A woman can't go out in the world without the protection of a man. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like women are going to be killing every man that they see. But it didn't really turn into that. It almost turned into yeah. like. I don't even know what. And then there was one. Do you remember the guy? I, I, I forget his character name. I'd have to look it up. But he yelled all of his dialogue. He was working on a, on a war machine. And and all of his dialogue was yelling. I, I remember okay. that character. I, I guess was, that, not. was that the original war no, machine? I, I, the first one? I kind of have a the vague pick memory of what you're talking about. Anyway, he was fixing his war machine and he needed a part. Wait, yeah. was, that Lord, he, was that Lord Barrick? No, that wasn't Lord Barrick. That was... That, um. That was earlier. That's the one I was talking about. They make this big deal. It's just a shitty truck. And then, like, whatever came of that? 
Yeah, well, he had a, he had this great line, you know, he's yelling all of his dialogue. And I, I was like, the mic must have went out. There's no need to yell that loud. But yeah. he said something weird like, so go, rape, pillage, do whatever. Oh, yeah. But bring okay. back the part that I need. Yeah. Is, <laughs> okay. And he, he just needed like a spark plug or something. Yeah, no, not, now I remember exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he's, he's like, go rape oh. everybody, go steal everything you want and burn down the villages. But I need you to get this part back here. You know, do whatever you got to do. And I'm not I mean, sure they ever brought him his part. <laughs> no, they didn't. I think they just kind of dropped that. I want to know what happened. What, what are the odds they're going to find a spark plug in the village of people with grass huts? <laughs> maybe that's why their their cars keep breaking down because they're like, yeah, maybe maybe if we raid this uh, this mud hut village, we'll find some uh, some new uh, uh, car parts. Probably well, I not. just think that they could have probably just asked. You know, it's like, hey, we'll give you like that I don't too. Know, a gun. They could have bartered or something, but. I'm going to burn the city for a spark plug. I want to get back to Bill. You mentioned Lord Barrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. So yeah. his, how can we even just, how can we describe this for people who, who don't want to have to sit through this movie? Oh, boy. <laughs> so I thought that he was auditioning for a role in Caligula. <laughs> well, he actually reminded me of, of an earlier film, which probably less people watched also, which was uh, Klaus Kinski in The Million Eyes of Sumeru. Oh, which Lord is a, mercy. Oh my God. Yeah, which if you ever see that is a 1967 uh, Sumeru was sort of like when they realized that that Fu Manchu yeah. was too racist. Well, like we'll only make it slightly rest racist by me having a, a woman play play <laughs> called Sumeru. Yeah. I think and, Sumeru was created by Sax Roma, who created Fu Manchu. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the so, same guy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, well, it's... I, I looked him. I looked him up while I was watching it because I, I the way they had like him contort his face, I thought there was actually something like wrong with him physically. But <laughs> I, I, okay. I guess there's exactly. not. He was just acting. acting. Brilliant. <laughs> Robert Dreyer played Lord yeah. Barrick, and I am clicking now to see what else I can get the Robert Dreyer experience in. <laughs> he was in Bill Watch Nights. <laughs> he was. Oh, one episode. Oh, he was in Savage Streets with Linda Blair. Yeah. He probably played a bad guy there, too. Had 51 credits. I mean, come on. Cyborg. Hey, he, was in, he was in some episodes of Murder, she wrote. I mean, you can't go wrong there. And he he hasn't, he doesn't have a credit since, uh, the well, his last feature film was, I guess, 2004. But uh, uh, doesn't say that he's dead. So, you know, maybe he's still alive. Yeah, maybe add him to the list, Bill. This is one of those actors. Cheap yeah, you can get... We just—he was in a movie called *Dead Men Don't Die*. I like that title. He was in a lot of stuff. I mean, this guy—you know—he was just slumming it. You know, that would happen. People, oh, wow. actors, actors Fog would go make a hooker. Yeah, Scarecrow, Mrs. King, Hunter. Yeah, greatest American, the greatest hero. American hero. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. So you know, you want—they offer you a role. They'll fly you out to the Philippines. You know, stay in a three-star hotel and. All, all kinds of stuff and everything. And yeah, you get a little vacation out of it. You get paid. Yeah, it's crap. But you figure, ah, no one's ever going to see this. It's not like they're going to invent mm. some medium that'll preserve this forever. Your humiliation <laughs> on display for all the world to see. And I, that's, that's kind of an interesting thing. Like people that made movies back in the... Um, oh, they got away well, maybe not this. Maybe maybe not the 80s, but like the 70s. I mean, what, you know... It, it, I mean, they must have. They were like, ah, I'll do this. It'll, you know, it'll be in the theaters for a month or something, and nobody will ever see it again. Well, that's what all they those act, all those actors in New York who were like starving on off off Broadway would do porn movies because they get paid on the spot. It's not declared. They get to keep every dime. Don't, do, you know? 
and and it's like uh, this thing will play. None of the people I know would go see this crap, and uh, no one would be any wiser. And then years later, they run for district attorney, and someone's like, <laughs> "Wait, that looks like the guy from this movie." That, that seriously happened in New York. He hadn't even shaved that porn star mustache off. (laughs) Really? It was yes, it was great. And at first, he kind of denied it. Then he won, and he's like, "Yeah, I was in that." (laughs) And and people are like, "You know, I think I would have voted for you if you if you just said, yeah, come on.' He's got to own it, right? But he, I'm sure he never thought that it would ever ever be seen again. You know, things. Mm. What ninety percent of all the movies shot before 1940 have disappeared forever, but. Yeah, not the pornos. <laughs> not the pornos. Yeah. Those have been meticulously cataloged. Oh and yes, absolutely. <laughs> stored away for later generations. Just, just like that mutant with the tank. There's some guy out there, who, you know, <laughs> is like cleaning the dust off, replacing torn sprockets, and everything. Yeah. So then, um, another thing: Do we have any idea if this mo- if this movie made any money? How could it not? How could it not? What do you think it cost? Yeah, it, it needed to break even. It needed probably about I don't know twenty dollars in uh, box office. No, I, I feel I feel like it must have because I feel like the the fact that the director made a hundred movies tells me that he probably made a movie. He probably uh, sold. You know, this was in eighty eight, so this was when the uh, the the home video market was desperate for new content. So he probably made a movie. He probably sold distribution rights for, you know, uh, relatively cheap. But for him, he probably made a profit right there just on like U.S. distribution rights. And he probably turned around and made, you know, another movie. So I imagine I imagine that's why he made 100 movies. He was probably making a profit off of every single one. The the other thing about this movie that I got that I I, I, like when I watched it, because, again, you know, I was halfway through and I thought I was. I was hoping I wasn't watching the wrong movie, but you know, the running time was off. And I was also like, you know, this movie just doesn't look like something from the eighties. It looked like something from the seventies. And, Mm -hmm. but no, sure enough, I did watch the right movie, but am I the only one that thought it looked like maybe it was 10 years older than it actually was? Yeah. (laughs) Or did I just have a bad, a bad copy? I mean, I don't think there's such thing as a good copy of this film. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's a fair assessment. I think probably, I imagine the equipment they're using was not exactly the state of the art at the time. So I also, I, I, yeah, I, I suspect this film has never been like remastered or anything. I, I think that the, the copy we have is probably whatever copy was out on VHS, right. you know, 20 yeah. years ago. It's no evil bong, <laughs> 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 which was recently remastered in case. Oh my, that's, it's that's 4k. Incredible. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's what if if anyone if anyone has the rights to this film and can put out a 4K uh, remaster of the Sisterhood, oh, I, I would love 4K. to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I hate everything about it. 4K TV. Uh, it's just everything's bad. I don't need to see. I don't need to see people's skin cells dividing. You know, it, it, it's ridiculous that that it looks awful. It looks real. I don't want real. I, I can see. Yeah, but can you imagine that bird in 4K, Bill? <laughs> Lady Shree. Lady Shree, go find Vera. Oh, yeah. I mean, as long as as long as uh, uh, as long as they don't remaster any of the movies that I was in in 4K, I'll be happy with it because I definitely don't want to see myself in 4K. Um, I do also want to mention one other thing since we keep mentioning him. Uh, 
Sirio H. Santiago, uh, cool. 1973, made a film called Fly Me. Uh, the the plot is just uh, it's a it's 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 five words. It's stewardesses battle kung fu killers. Um, so that old classic. Oh, damn oh, I, my money! Is that, is that our this, next film that we're doing? Uh, well, it could be. It could be. I mentioned this film because uh, this film had uh, a second unit director. And uh, that, that second unit director was uh, one Jonathan Demi. Wow. Well, now, John, <laughs> John, Jonathan Demi wasn't yeah, one of he, his first movies, his, Caged his, Heat. His, his very first film was Caged Heat. Yes. <laughs> Which, so. by the way, is an excellent movie because Demi is is like a, a really good director, a visionary. I mean, he's no Ciro H. Santiago, but. <laughs> <laughs> and in case anyone at home is a complete nerd uh, and doesn't know the name Jonathan Demi, uh, he would go on to direct uh, Philadelphia and The Silence of the Lambs. So that is why we mentioned him. I mean, Santiago you... did have some interesting to angel fist live by the fist. <laughs> One man army ultimatum. I mean, I can almost, without having ever seen any of these movies, I can already see the video box cover. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's that's probably that's probably exactly because it sounds like he probably worked exactly like Roger Corman did, which is he came up with a title, right, and then he made a poster, and then he wrote a script. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I, he goes. Actually, listen. I got two words to say to you. Nom angels. <laughs> and they were like go make that movie we'll make the poster should i tell you what it's about you no. already have yeah. mom <laughs> angels uh i, I sorry i, I want to mention one other thing <laughs> now maybe we should cover this this movie fly me because there's another credit on here that you may recognize uh credited as dialogue director on this film joe dante Wow! It, so it is playing, it's playing on Shout TV, by the way. Oh boy! Well, I know what now, I'm what watching. What is dialogue tonight. director? Is dialogue director like the guy who did the dubbing? Uh, I imagine dialogue director because I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe they had a bunch of actors who couldn't speak English or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's oh, interesting. God. And Dick Miller's in this movie. Okay, we definitely got to watch this. Dick Miller is in this movie as the taxi driver. Which yeah, one? Yeah. Which movie? Uh, uh, fly me. Oh, fly me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So, Santiago also made a movie. I'm jealous. I did not make this movie. Vampire hookers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. He was obviously I mean, a man who had a good eye for marketing. I think. I think the. I think the Roger Corman analogy is 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 apt. Yeah. It really well, does sound I, like it's. You know, I think he's the he, Filipino Roger Corman. I think he worked. I think some of his movies he actually did like collaborate with Roger Corman. So, um, not surprised. Uh, and I think he, you know, he. It looks like he made a lot of movies in uh, Filipino, but then at some point, uh, like in the seventies, he actually he switched to English films or English language films. So I would not be surprised if he was uh, influenced by Roger Corman's success in the sixties. And he was like, hey, I, I can probably do that, too, because I'm already making like three movies a year. So and I probably make more money on them if, if they're in English. Yeah, I guess maybe he didn't work at Levi's. It says he was a majority stockholder in the Philippines, because I just can't imagine somebody that, you know, is high up in Levi's has time oh, to make three movies. A you year. know, you know, what's crazy? I just realized now I actually moderated a panel, did an interview with an actress who was in a Serio H. Santiago film. What? 
uh, Trina Parks. Trina Parks, who was um, Thumper from um, Diamonds Are Forever. Uh huh. Um, she she was at a convention and they made me the moderator, so I had to like research everything she'd done. She's a lovely lady. She hasn't done a whole lot of films, but one of them was The Mothers, where she's uh, a bunch of women at a prison camp. Uh-huh. Uh, a coffee plantation uh turn into pirates and yeah so she was telling me the stories about making you know what it's like to make a film down in down in uh, the philippines where life is oh wow cheap. yeah had okay James so, Kennedy, so Jeannie bell look at that so you're you're separation. yeah i was gonna say you now have you know you're like two degrees away from uh Sirio h santiago himself and therefore oh. uh from the sisterhood which is the movie oh. we, we were kind of talking about at one point, but I think there we got you sidetracked. Go. We got sidetracked. Been, I just want to say, yeah. Nam Angels is exactly what I thought it was. Lieutenant Vance Calhoun <laughs> takes on a dangerous rescue mission of American POWs in the treacherous Darlock Valley in Vietnam. His only chance to escape is with the help of five young fearless soldiers on motorcycles. <laughs> and, oh, man. and, 1989, guess who one of the stars is? Mm. Oh, boy. Ver- Vernon Wells. Oh, wow. No. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, it all comes full circle. It yeah. all does. Well, when you do 100 films, you're bound to have like a lot of actors working. <laughs> you're bound for you. to have Vernon Wells in one of them. And if you're and if you're Vernon Wells, you've got 212 credits, so you're almost are, yeah. are guaranteed that you're going to have a Serio H Santiago film. And uh, <laughs> there's got to be some crossover in that Venn diagram. Yeah. Um, cool. Anything else? Uh, I, I think <laughs> I've covered all of my notes. Is there anything else we haven't covered about the Sisterhood that people want to discuss? Well, we're obviously doing everything we can now to avoid talking about that movie. <laughs> yeah. Talk about any other movie. Hey, Vampire Hookers has got John Carradine. How about that? <laughs> who, who also was probably inevitable that he would cross paths with Serio H. Santiago. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I don't know. Yeah, does anyone have any other notes or anything? Or uh, Normally we rate movies. I don't know if it's fair oh. with this one, but you know what? Let's go ahead and do it just for fun. Um but then I want us to kind of wrap up and, you know, we, we covered, we talked about a couple of points, but um, maybe just wrap up and, and say our overall kind of accuracy of the representation of the year 2021 AD in the sisterhood. Renee, Renee, do you want to kick us off? Give us your, give us, so let's say, give us your rating of the film and then give us your overall, just, just, just get, make it a binary. Is it accurate or is it inaccurate for the year 2021? Okay. And we'll we'll rate this by uh, good old VHS tapes, uh, since I'm sure this film has never been released on any other medium. Yes, yes. Um, just two things I would like to say is first of all, thank you, Bill, for my new or sorry, thank you, Alan, rather for my new favorite IMDb movie tag. Um, <laughs> oh yes, anytime. Yeah, I clicked. Yeah. I clicked the link, um, so I might be <laughs> on. Oh, she's on the list. I'm on yeah. the list. Um, and uh, I should have requested the protection of the sisterhood to get out of watching this movie, but I didn't. <laughs> I, I would actually love to hear in your rating of the accuracy what we're really dying to know, and what you know, you're the only one on this podcast who would know is uh, whether the sisterhood is actually a real thing or whether it's just a myth t- fabricated by Sirio H. Santiago. So, 
I'm not actually not permitted to discuss this. I uh, see. Say well, no more. I would like just like to point out that if she, if she had a power, she was not able to get out of talking about this movie. So. <laughs> that's right. It's that's not that's that, right. If you have one power, right. it's not to get out of uh, uh, spending time with us yahoos. Yes. If you hear the bird <laughs> in the background, it's just my friend. <laughs> um, or, yeah. or did she use her power to actually make us think it was our idea oh. to watch this movie? Oh, oh. Okay. oh you figured out my secret plan. Now yeah. that's, that's a useful power. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I I found this movie to be um, incredibly uh, <laughs> accurate in its portrayal <laughs> of 2021. Um, there's um, lots of people probably feel like they're caged, um, even though really nobody was caged. Um, do they still have those little Burger King crowns? Because that's kind of what their little crowns look like. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do. do. Yeah, um, you know the mutant zombie people actually are probably the most the most familiar to me because it kind of reminds me of like any time I've ever attempted to date. Because um, you live in Florida. Yeah, really, right? Yeah, so it's um, oh boy, I'm gonna have to maybe a little bit generously give this movie um one broken VCR that I found <laughs> in Vanfield. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That's that's what I'm gonna do, and uh, uh, a zero zero broken VCRs for the accuracy. Oh, <laughs> twenty twenty one. Wait, are we doing it in VCRs or VCR tapes? I don't know. I just made either. It I think oh, the tape. Wow. I think the tape broke the VCR. Yeah, yeah. it did. It did break the VCR. <laughs> the VCR gave up. It was like mercy, please. <laughs> this is like when you had when you tried to when that when you would pull out the VHS tape and its guts would just be spilled <laughs> yeah. inside yeah. there. <laughs> And then yeah. you try to like pull it out and like rewind it with a, a pencil and be like, oh God, oh, I can yeah. fix this. Well, Renee, I'll, I'll let you pass it off to whoever you want to. We'll, we're doing it freeform today. So, oh boy, let's see. I'm going to pass it off to Bill. Thank you. Um, okay. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll, I'll, I'll give this. Like yeah, I'll give this one VHS tape. You know, this is not as terrible as I was afraid it was going to be because it was watchably bad. It was enjoyably bad. Some bad movies. You can make fun of and you have a good time with, and some are just like a Jess Franco movie. Uh, these just please let this end. No, I enjoyed watching it. It's a bad movie. It's 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 not good. There's there's nothing. There's it fails in almost every aspect, but it's it's got that weird watchable, entertaining quality. I mean, you know, it's, if you're going to be a guy making movies in the Philippines, you're churning them out. But, you know, they have to have a certain entertainment value to keep people in the theater. So, yeah, you know, it was, it was fine. Uh, let's see. Accuracy. So it's a movie about a lot of stupid people doing stupid things. So I say it's ripped from today's headlines. <laughs> it, uh, it, this might as well be CNN. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> pretty close. Pretty close to the way things are. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll give, give him credit for setting a, a movie in the future that is so close to the actual time that the film was made that, it, you know, it's like, well, I could live to see this happen. Oh, my God, yeah. Marge, we better start stocking up on tanks. So. <laughs> Accurate. A lot of fun. Great. Uh, who do you want to pass it off to, Bill? Oh, I'll pass it off to Alan. So, yeah, um, I was going to give this one a one-half rewound VCR tape. But yeah, after listening to Bill, I, I'm, I'm going to up it to one, a whole one. Um, it is weird. I mean, I, it, 
I expected to fall asleep during this movie when I saw like the first five minutes of it. And I didn't, I made it all the way through and I don't want to watch it again, but it, it was kind of like, it, it was like oddly, it's like, I want to see what happens here. It's really bad, but I do want to get to the end of this. So yeah, that, 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 that forced me to rewind the tape fully. So I'm giving it one rewound tape. As far as accuracy, I guess I'm giving it a one there too. I, I mean, there, there's some, I, I guess there are some things that are, are sort of a little bit, you know, like today, uh, people do stupid things, you know, when they should use their laser eyes, they, they use a sword. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it yeah one VCR tape all around or one VCR or one, future recording device Ooh. oh which, oh my god i can't believe we didn't talk about that oh what R remember the uh the uh that they did the futuristic device what is this thing it's like oh that's the music you know they had the little cassette player oh yeah. it was the only thing they did i can't believe we didn't talk about that i guess you'll just have to watch the movie to see that okay so i will hand it off to who's left um me um paul me <laughs> okay okay you guys are much more generous to the movie than i did I didn't find it watchable at all. I wanted to gouge my eyes out. <laughs> oh, so this I, is the man who gave us Thanksgiving. Thank you. Oh, Thanksgiving wow. is fantastic. Nerve, anyway, Thanksgiving has puppets. Um, so, um, well, a puppet. Uh, Thanksgiving three has puppets. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so I would I would have given this half of half of VHS tape. But but I did watch. I have to admit, watching it. If you watch it in French at two twice the speed it is surprisingly watchable and the 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 action is almost like coherent and so <laughs> that would have bumped that up to about one vhs tape for me so i'm gonna have to give it three quarters of vhs oh tape just because it averages out that way um and but french so he's on the metric system here you think, <laughs> if you're gonna watch yeah. it if you I, I do recommend if you want to watch this watch it in French at twice the speed and it's much more enjoyable. I think um, in terms of accuracy, I mean, we have laser eye surgery, so that gets laser eyes there. Um, we have, you know, there are definitely, uh, as you guys have mentioned, there's plenty of roving mutants and, um, and then, you know, uh, women chained up in the base. Oh, 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 um, oh, uh, <laughs> oh, Hey, I'll edit that part out. Don't ne worry. Never. Yeah. never mind. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's not. Uh, yeah. It's only kind of accurate. There we go. Um, Zach, Zach, hey, do you want to say something, Zach? Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, act, I, I think I had originally given this movie, uh, I think this was going to be a, a half tape for me. Uh, I, I think I think talking about it with you guys has moved the needle a little bit. I don't I still don't think it's a full a full tape worth of entertainment. So I'm going to I'm actually with you, Paul, I'm going to say it's 0.75 VHS tapes. Um, I think, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to actually refer back to me as like probably, you know, a 13 year old, if I had rented this, uh, I probably, and after I read the IMDB, uh, uh, plot keywords, I probably would have given up about three quarters of the way through because, uh, I would, a young me would have been like, oh, there are bare breasts in this movie. And that's the only way I can see bare breasts. And then there were only a couple. So I probably would have been very disappointed and stopped watching. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i'll i'll say i'll say it's uh it's it's one of those movies that's probably more in, interesting to uh talk about than it is to watch um in terms of accuracy i you know what I, i'm gonna rate this uh oh i'm gonna give this an incomplete because i said at the top here you know there are as we are recording this uh there <laughs> are what uh uh eight more months to go in the year and 
<laughs> I, you know, given given 2020, I think that uh, we should not we should not be uh, too fast to say that we know what is going to happen in 2021. So I'm going to give it an incomplete. I think I need to go revisit it uh, on on January 1st, 2022, to uh, really give it an accurate. Uh, you make an excellent point. I think that's more than fair. <laughs> wow! I'm recording another one of these next year. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I was going to say, put this on the calendar. Uh, I've, I've yeah, watched well, this twice. That's all I need. Oh boy. Um. So yeah, I think. Oh God, I wasn't even keeping track. Was anyone? Um. I did well. I didn't keep track of the accuracies, but I kept track of the oh yeah, fully just the ratings, VCR tapes. And I would like to say that I gave this movie the highest rating. Oh, oh my god! I was tied with two Wait, other people, but that's irrelevant. Oh yeah, okay. I yeah. was one. That's the first time. One was as high as it went. So we had three ones and two three quarters, and if my math is right, that gets us to nine tenths of a <laughs> rewound tape. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Well. This has been a lot of fun. Like I said, it's probably been more fun talking about this movie with you guys than it has. It was watching the movie like twice. <laughs> this is absolute um, proof, as if there was any doubt, that we can make a podcast on literally any topic. Oh, oh, very and true. Run for two hours. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah, I will say if this is the first time you're listening, usually we talk about movies we actually love. Uh, not movies that we detest, but this is kind of a new experiment. I just found that out tonight, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> I usually, I'm no sorry. Usually, usually, Alan, <laughs> usually it's films that the rest of us love and Alan detests. And you can listen to those disagreements on our previous episodes. You can find us at videostorejunkies.com or you can find us at videostorepod. Is that actually a Twitter handle? I can't remember. I'm really tired right now. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, just look for the Video Store Junkies. Uh, if I've given you the the wrong Video handle, Junkies it's pod. Video Junkies Pod. Oh my God! Thank yeah. you. Wow. I am so tired. Um, <laughs> it's been a long week, and I've also I had to rewatch The Sisterhood, so I'm going to blame yeah. that. Uh, um, yeah, okay. all sins are forgiven. <laughs> er, er, er. Yeah. So until next time, uh, thank you so much for listening, and I think I speak for the rest of us when I say, er. Now she must face unequal dangers as she begins her perilous quest. Where the sisterhood confronts savage warriors of an ancient order. And the men of evil set on their destruction. Three witches. <laughs> we wait till dark, then we go down. Together they fight for their survival against a brutal enemy. Until they are forced to unveil the supreme power of the Sisterhood. <laughs>